This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm Jennifer Jewell. Melinda Benson Valavanis is a floral designer and owner of M Creations in Durham, California. She recently committed her business to participating in a project called ReBloom, in which she accepts the extra flowers from a wedding or other event and repurposes them for distribution to people or communities who might need a bit of floral energy and healing in their lives. In this season of extravagant and joyful weddings, graduations, reunions, and anniversaries, I can't think of a better way to pay joy forward and along to its next recipient. Melinda is joining me in the North State Public Radio studios to share more. Welcome, Melinda. Thank you. So let's start with a little bit about you before we jump into the the heart of the program. And... Talk to me about sort of when you knew in your life that you were you were called to be a flower person. Well, in retrospect, I can remember um, playing in the almond orchards with my sister when I was growing up and being amazed that all these um, fluffy, light pink and white blossoms were falling from these um, branches that looked dead somewhat during the winter. Um, but I think that my first like aha goosebump moment was when I walked into the LA floral mart Mm -hmm. and I mean, it gives me goosebumps to think of it now. It was just, um, as far as you could see buckets of flowers in every color. I mean, flowers I could have never imagined. I had never heard of. And, um, it was just a little piece of heaven. It was overwhelming visually, just overwhelming. I just was taken aback. Yeah. How old were you and what caused you to be in the LA floral market? I was in graduate school, so I was probably um, in my early 20s. And um, a classmate asked me to do her wedding flowers. So I had been to the San Francisco Floral Mart with my aunt as a child. Um, So I just figured, sure, I'll just go there and pick out some flowers and do the wedding. But I just was taken aback. I had no idea the the size of the L.A. Floral Mart and my options. And um, it just was so much fun. Yeah, going to see a floral market as a, a floral person or florally inclined person is a little bit like nirvana or, you know, going to a flower farm and just being like, I have died and I am in heaven. So what were you studying in graduate school? I have a master's of science in speech language pathology. And have you used that at all? Yes. Or, okay. So talk a little bit about yes. that. Yes. So um, my parents are both in the medical field and um, they instilled in me that um, that was something to focus on when you went to college. And I love connection. So um, I fell into this um, field that I just loved because as a therapist, you have to form a rapport with each of your clients in order for them to trust you. And oftentimes, um, especially with adults, you meet them um, after a traumatic event Mm -hmm. and they've lost their words 
and it's very um, unsettling. And um, I just thrived in every situation. I love it. I love the field. Um, I just recently um, retired, so to speak, um, to spend more time at home with my son. Um, But I've been a therapist since... 1999, I guess. And, um, I love it. It's one of those things that really feeds you, Mm. um, because of the relationships that you make with, um, the clients that you're working with. So at what point did you, you, you clearly did your friend's wedding flowers when you were in graduate Mm -hmm. school. At what point did you add professional floristry to your life while you were also clearly doing uh, speech language therapy? Um, I continued to do it for different friends that ask. And of course, gardening was a constant. Um, But when I moved back home here to Durham, um, I believe it was 2013, I, I did another friend's wedding. And he um, started pushing me to open a shop. Um, and I decided why not, you know, as you know, when you're an artist, um, your art kind of changes, um, as your life does. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time I needed something, um, extra to focus on. Um, and little did I know the undertaking of, um, running two businesses at one time, (laughs) Um, but it was such a gift and a blessing because I jumped in, which is how I usually do things, um, two feet and it was wonderful. I met amazing artists in the community. Um, so many wonderful people that love flowers and, um, it kind of, um, steered me in the direction now, which is we have, um, the flower shop in a barn that sits beside our house in Durham. And I get to um, create whenever is convenient throughout the day. Um, And it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I see these connections somehow between some of the wedding and other event work that I have seen you do and this relationship and rapport and trust that you're talking about building with your clients in speech language therapy. And it seems like a really beautiful parallel of trying Mm. to give words back to somebody who's lost them or has had them impaired. And it's such an important form of expression for us as humans. But then in your floristry, giving expression without words in the form of these flowers to these people that are, you know, marking something really significant right. in their lives. And that seems just really, really powerful. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've met, in fact, um, one of my best friends I was just speaking to a little bit on my way here. Um, I met her from doing her wedding flowers. Yeah. And I call her my soulmate. She's um, one of the best friends you could ever have. Um, and I met her through doing her flowers. Yeah. So yes, I've met so many amazing people. Um, and I love weddings because I love love stories. I mean, I always have. But to get to sit down with somebody and talk about um, their love story 
and um, the fact that they're going to promise forever to somebody and they're going to be holding this piece of art that I'm going to create for them is just such um, a gift. And if I really get the chance to sit down and get to know them and get to know their love story, um, then it helps me to create for them. And I think, like you were saying, one of the best compliments is um, when a client will come back and say, you represented me or us exactly the way I would have wanted you to. And it's all documented from great wedding photographers, you know, and it's just such a gift. So would it be possible for you to describe like your process of meeting with two people that are going to be married and then how you translate that and their story can you give us an example? Um, describe what what flowers you would have chosen, or how you created the bouquet or the boutonniere or or whatever, and that somehow summed up your distillation of their story. Yeah, sometimes um, sometimes they'll come with uh, very distinct styles, mm-hmm. but then if I prod a little bit, they'll talk about like how they met um, and. Like, for example, um, one couple, when I had the shop, I remember they came, they had met in um, optometry school, and they were going to do um, kind of a, a theme of glasses throughout. Um, so I helped them design centerpieces that had glasses, and then um, I extended it with um, flowers that looked uh, more modern, I should say, mm-hmm. to kind of go with the um, theme of of glasses versus um, more of the wildflower fluffy kind mm-hmm. of look. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, people don't necessarily know flowers, but if I can get their style, then I can handpick certain ones that have a lot of texture um, and then, you know, pull those in to show them. Um but sometimes, too, I'll just simply say, what is your favorite flower? Right. And then if each of them have um, a favorite flower that's different, then that helps me that I can work other flowers around, flowers that maybe they've never seen or right. flowers that represent them. Um, there are flowers that remind me of, um, like, architects and um flowers that remind me of dancers and right, you know yeah. I see all these like little personalities and and the different blooms that I work with so you know I I love my mother was a wedding florist oh. and I I would definitely suggest as we're coming into wedding season that uh, you sometimes see the very very best in people and mm-hmm. the very very worst in people because they are mm-hmm. so you know, worried and excited mm-hmm. and anxious and trying to get it just right. And all it's just a very energized moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also maybe, for most people, one of their most extravagant gestures mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And so I have followed your work for quite some time um, on social media, on Instagram. And when I saw you announce this idea of the Rebloom project, I thought, what a fantastic way to offset what sometimes feels like unsettling extravagance. You know, in this in this world of more is more and bigger is bigger and better, um, 
I think there is a whole uh, movement and always has been of those people who say, this is enough or simplicity or, but at moments like this, we want to kind of, you know, put your whole heart into it. And so to take that extravagance and pay it forward just seemed like such a beautiful continuum for me. Talk about the project, why you took it on, and what what it what it looks like so far. Um, I took it on because um, I am a crazy flower loving person, and I've realized that I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, and I remember distinctly getting probably every time that I've ever gotten flowers randomly from somebody. So that just makes me think of all the people that maybe don't get flowers. Mm. Um, So we took it on because we figured, why not? Um, I don't think anybody else had done it um, specifically in our community. And um, I want to be the one that um, drops off flowers somewhere that they, like you said, they could use a little bit of flower love, you know? I mean, I will cut one bloom out of the garden and put it in a bud vase, and it brings me so much joy. Exactly. I'm a minimalist, but I have a whole cupboard full of bud vases (laughs) (laughs) because I know what it means to have one flower in every room. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is just, I notice them every day. I love them. I love the smell. I love to see how they evolve over time, how the tulips grow an inch a day, Yeah, all that stuff. So to think about um, people that would be on the receiving end of these flowers and to know um, as a couple or somebody that um, was in charge of an event, to know that the flowers um, would then be paid forward and someone else would be able to enjoy them and it would bring them so much joy. It's just such a fantastic idea. I'm Jennifer Jewell and this is Cultivating Place. June is perhaps the peak of wedding graduation and reunion season. These annual rituals marking meaningful human connection and celebration are also marked by extravagance. Melinda Benson Valavanis of M Creations Floral Design in Northern California joins us this week to share with us a concept of paying forward some of that celebration by generously repurposing event flowers for people and organizations that might benefit in heart, mind, or body. We'll be back after a break to hear more. Stay with us. This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. We're back after a break to speak more with Melinda Benson Valavanis, artist and owner of M Creations Floral Design in Northern California. We're speaking about paying forward floral abundance and the meaning of garden church. Welcome back. Where was the idea originally from? Did this? I is think it a I national? stole it. <laughs> Good. That's what the best artistry yeah. is, right? I um I had thought of it, but you know, it's one of those things when you think you think of something and then someone copyrights it. You know, um, I had thought of this um, when I first opened the shop, and um, I believe it was um, probably on Facebook. I saw, and I don't remember what city it was in, um, but since then I've um, Googled it, and there are. Nationally, there are several other um, organizations that do it, and um, 
And then I think in the last couple of months, we were just saying, you know, we should do it now. We're yeah. going into wedding season. I know how many flowers come through our barn, right. and I don't even work full time as a right. florist. So it just seemed like a good time to get it started. Mm-hmm. So describe the logistics of, of so, how it works, what you do. So um, I've um, emailed some of the um, some of the people in the wedding industry, the coordinators, um, vendors that um, I know. And basically all they have to do is tell us um, the date and the location or and we will go and pick up the flowers. Um, I'm assuming that they won't be in containers because oftentimes the containers are rented or borrowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll take them home and rearrange them into vases or vessels and then drop them off in places um, that could use some flowers. So when you say some places that could use some flowers, give me an example of what's on your list already. Um, wind chime mm-hmm. is where um, both of my grandparents resided for the last few years of their lives. Which for listeners across the country, a progressive retirement, retirement. community they have all different levels over there, I know, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, hospitals. Um, also, I believe um, teachers would benefit mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and any place, I've actually also um, told couples if they had a place in mind, some place that was, you know, that came to their hearts that they'd like the flowers to be shared, we'd be happy to take them there also. So, and do you do this all for free? Yes. And do you anticipate a time where that could become, say, on June 22nd, totally overwhelming? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. But I've had friends reach out saying, if you need help delivering, if you need help with this. And I also thought, if it comes to a weekend where I have too many flowers for us to rearrange, that I could just um, do a pop-up um, learn to flower range with Melinda class. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully people could come out and I'd show them how to grab a bunch of flowers and arrange them. And um, I'm thinking there's all kinds of options. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be willing to, like, as you say, there are, um, you know, there might be a facility that, or a group that um, you're the, the people who are donating the flowers would be interested in having them go to, would you be willing to accept emails from people with suggestions for sure. um, places to Absolutely. go? Absolutely. Because yeah. I think that it's a, a relatively common gesture at Christmas, I can think, or, you mm. know, at the, the winter holidays. Um, I remember our horticulture club did something like this. Um, but it wasn't that same idea of something that was already – used and purchased Mm -hmm. and then repurposed Mm -hmm. it was you know a one set of carnations from the store rearranged into bud vases and taken to several assisted living facilities and i i'm sort of like the humane society could use flowers and and i have a friend who has a, a fabulous garden and she produces a bouquet every single week for the entry at the Planned Parenthood Clinic. And I think yes. like places like this, like the women's shelter or yes. the, you know, exactly. all of these places would bet any. Catalyst. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, it just seems like a great idea. And I think some key logistics might be make sure you don't have vessels that, you, that you know, if you would like to donate flowers to this cause, mm-hmm. um, 
as a local person or if you are somewhere in the world considering setting up a service like this. You want to make sure that the flowers come to you or you're able to pick them up and move them into a bucket instead of into vases or vessels you would have to return. Right. Um, are there any other logistical issues that you have considered that um, you're concerned about at all? No, but I like to fly <laughs> by the seat of my pants. There you go. Um, but I, um, I know one of the um, organizations that I um, read upon, they were saying they started taking um, vase donations, mm-hmm. and they took volunteers. Um, and then I think that's when I started thinking about possibly doing um, classes with mm-hmm. flower arranging. And I did see in their video they had um, big Rubbermaid Tupperware where oh, the flowers yeah. were just lifted out and laid down. So then when they got them, they would you know pull them out and have to repurpose them. And surprisingly, most um, flowers can do that. You right. know, there are certain ones like lilies that the um, the petals get bent too easily, but most flowers you could lift out of a vessel, put it in a container, and then go from there. Go from there. What for you is at the heart of why something like this is so important? I think it's just love. I mean, that's the basis of everything: love, sharing love, spreading love. Um, my grandmother gave me the love of flowers and it's, um, see, it makes me emotional. She taught me so many things, but it's like, um, it's the root of, um, like we talked about garden church. Mm -hmm. It, um, it's, it feeds my soul, you know, like sometimes I think if when I'm not feeling good, if I can just get out to the garden, I know it'd be better, you know? Yes. Um, and she taught me that she loved flowers. She wore flowers in a, on her hats, um, on her lapels. She had f- a flower pin collection, uh, floral dresses. She arranged flowers um, weekly for her church. She spent hours in her rose garden. Um, and I didn't know as a child how um, what a gift this was that she had given mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And now um, I just want to share it with other people. And um, so that's, I think, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is this your maternal grandmother or your paternal grandmother? My maternal grandmother. Because your mother is quite a gardener as well, I think. Yes. Yeah. And um, she, my mother had a rose garden in our childhood home. And she would, I'd come home from school and she had gathered these bouquets of roses that were just um, fabulous, every color, you know, they just smelled amazing. I remember smashing my face down into the petals. (laughs) Um, she now lives in a place that the deer eat all of her roses. So she doesn't have that. Right. But she can come to her daughter's house and she can come over and garden. And, um, yes. And my grandmother, Mumsy is what we um, called her. Um, she would spend hours every weekend in her rose garden and her roses were just spectacular. Yeah. Do you grow quite a few of the flowers for your work? I, I grow some, um, I just got, um, a few more planters to do more bulbs and, I just uh, rotatilled up about a third of an acre mm-hmm. to start growing more. 
and um, it's going to be kind of a um, project to see what I can grow um, and what the gophers won't eat. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's just fun. Is there anything else you would like to share with listeners before we go? I would say if you don't have a love of flowers, it's definitely something um, you should look into. (laughs) I love it. I also, um, the idea of Garden Church, which you and I have chatted about on on social media in other circumstances, is one that is just so close to, to my heart and to yours, I think, as well. And I know you come from a very strong faith-based background. And um, to me, it is such a direct connection to um, the spirit and however you call that spirit exactly. and um, and God at work in this world. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's something um, humbling mm-hmm. about having dirt under your nails. You yeah. know, there's yeah. something about carrying that around, thinking um, just that there's something bigger than us, and it's amazing. Yeah. Melinda Benson Valavanis is a floral designer and owner of M Creations in Chico, California. She recently committed to participating in a project called ReBloom, in which she accepts the flowers from a wedding or other event and repurposes them for distribution in the community. For both this week's audio archive or to subscribe to the podcast, please visit mynspr.com. For more information, including many photos of Melinda's work, please visit jewelgarden.com. For daily photos and more, follow Cultivating Place on Instagram and Facebook. Join us again next week as the conversations continue on the many ways people engage in and grow from the cultivation of their places. Thank you for listening. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio and jewelgarden.com. The program is made possible in part by the Stanley Smith Horticultural Trust. Our producer is Sarah Bohannon. Our communications director is Casey Gardner. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.